morning, everyone. How are you guys doing today? If you're joining us online, welcome. Thank you for being a part of Faith Coat Church. We are one church, even though we're not meeting everywhere at the same place at the same time. We love you, and we are so glad that you're a part of, of, of Faith Coat Church. I know God is doing some, some special things for this series. I want to talk to you quickly about something that's going on next week. Next week, we are having a, a special service for one of our missionaries. His name is Rick Morgan. He's bringing his family. If you don't know Rick, he's all the way from El Salvador since we saw him last. I don't know if, uh, if you've met Rick. Rick is not only, and his family, uh, and his wife Kim, not only are, have mission work in El Salvador and different parts of El Salvador, two or three or four different churches now, but they're also working in Spain and also Mexico. So this is a guy from Texas that moved his entire family 20-something years ago down to El Salvador and God is doing some incredible things. Listen, if we are a part of a mission work somewhere, we're not just sending funds. We have a relationship with the people that we support. So you're going to get an opportunity to meet a very special person, not only in our lives, but this, the, this church has been supporting this ministry for a decade. You give towards this. We put a portion of our tithes and offering every single year towards mission work. So you will definitely want to be here and be a part of that. And you're going to love, if you haven't met Rick and his family, you're going to love them. I don't know exactly, I don't know exactly what we're going to be doing. You know, it's just him and I, when we go to El Salvador, when we do mission work, he's trying to get me to come to El Salvador. Man, it's kind of dangerous down there, you know. And, but uh, uh, he, I just, just long story short, I got to get busy. Make sure that you're here and make sure you get an opportunity to meet him because this is a ministry that you are supporting, that we are supporting as Faith Go Church. Amen? Will you do your best to be here next week? You're not going to sleep in? Something like that? Are you okay. All right. Um, another thing is, is when he gets done in two weeks, we're going to kick off a brand new series on marriage, family, love, relationships called home building. Basically building your home. Anyway, uh, you want to definitely be here for that because we're going to talk about marriage, relationships. We're going to be talking about what the Bible says about different things. What does the Bible say about uh, about what marriage looks like. What does the Bible say about, does the Bible even mention same-sex relationships? What does that look like? So we're going to be covering all of those things, but we're also going to be having a lot of fun talking about husbands and wives and things like that, and we're going to talk a little bit about dating. We're going to spend about four weeks on that, and towards the end of this, we're going to have a one-day marriage conference. So if you're thinking about getting married or you've been married and you're like, man, I need to refreshen up some of my skills uh, you will, we're going to have fun on a, on a one-day marriage conference. We'll be letting you know when that's going to happen. Well, as we always say, when we give our life to Christ, he enters us into a journey of step by step. And a lot of times we have to figure out what our next move looks like. So that's the idea of this series. What is our next move? We've got to think about that. What's God's plan for our lives? Let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to be here to learn of your word. I pray that you will help us open up our minds and our spirits to receive what you want to say to us. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, just take a step. Just a step. Psalm 37 and 23 says, the Lord directs the what? That's not it. Just check. We do that from time to time to make sure you're paying attention. The Lord directs the little block. The Lord directs the what? The Lord directs the steps of the godly. 
He delights in every detail of our lives. Isn't that interesting? A lot of times we feel like, you know, I don't want to bother God with this detail. But the Lord directs our steps and he, 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 he delights in every detail of our lives. Though we stumble, though we trip, they will never, what? They will never fall for the Lord holds them by the hand. You know, following Christ is a lot less more about leaps of faith than it is steps of faith. Would you agree with that? Now, a lot of people say, hey, you know what? You need to take, you need to step, you need to take a leap of faith. You need to, you need to take a leap of, I don't know if you guys can, find, you need to take a leap of faith. You know what I'm saying? Sorry at home if you can't see me. But I, what I want to tell you is living for God isn't so much about leaps of faith as it is steps of faith. Now, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to get back up on stage. How many of you would like to see me try to jump back, just box jump back? Would you like to see me do that? How many of you like to see me do that? Yeah, yeah, it ain't going to happen. I ain't trying to embarrass myself. I don't play that. I ain't going to try to embarrass myself. I could probably do it. Let's just say by faith I could probably do that right now, okay? But we're just, we're not going to try to hurt my shins and such. So here's the deal. I need to get back up on stage, all right? There's a couple of things that I can do. I can leap and possibly not make it, possibly hurt myself, embarrass myself in front of everybody, jerk off my microphone and, and, or whatever. I could just hurt my whatever. Or I could take a step. I want to tell you that God moving in your life, doing something great in your life, wherever he's taking you on the journey. We need to stop thinking, hey, we've got to take leaps of faith. And it's more like, hey, you know what? Let's just, let's just take a step in this season of my life. All right? Let's, you know what? Instead of, instead of me trying to uh, broad jump all the way up there, right now, that's a little bit challenging. You know what? I'm just going to take a little, a little step in 2021. Are you with me? No, God, I want God to move dramatically in my, in my marriage, and I want to completely change. You know what? Let's just, let's just talk about being nicer to each other. Let's, let's just take a step. We're going to talk nicely to each other. We're going to have coffee in the morning. You know what? I want God to, I want to make a lot of money in 2022. I want God to move incredible so I can be a kingdom builder, so I can give. You know, you know what? Let's just, let's just, you know what? Let's just pay off a bill this year. You know what I'm saying? Let's just take a step. Here's the deal. We need to stop thinking that, that living for God and going on a journey with him are leaps of faith. And so much more, it's, it's steps of faith. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, what's your next step? Well, today I want to talk to you. I talked a little bit about this last week, but I want to dive into a little bit more. I want to talk to you about steps of faith through the doors that God has for us in our lives. I want to talk about how doors of opportunity can lead to windows of blessings. Doors of opportunity. Doors can lead to windows of blessings. You know, the, the Bible says a lot about doors, and it talks a little bit about windows. And as I began to dive into that the last few weeks, I, I saw that, that there's a difference in doors and windows. Let's talk about that. First of all, doors. Doors are entrances, right? This is how we get from one environment to another. If I want to get into the house, what I'm going to do, and, I, and I'm not going to, you know, I, I, I set up these, so I'm going to be very careful with these, lest they 
tumbled. But anyway, you know, if, if I want to get into a, a room, you know, what, what I have to figure out is I've got to approach this door, and then I need to be invited. I'm not just going to walk into somebody's house. I've got to be invited. And to be invited, I've got to take an action. When, when you approach a door in your life, you know, what do you do? You, you knock on it, right? And then you've got to be invited. And then once you're invited, you're into the environment that you want. I want to tell you something. There are doors in your life that God will set before you that he wants you to get involved or he wants you to step into a new place. Are you with me? God will set doors in front of you as opportunities because he wants to take you into a new place, but you've got to take the action. And what is that? Well, one action is to knock. One action is to enter into that. A door requires an action, and that is to enter. The Bible has a lot to say, a lot to say about doors. So let's talk about that quickly. On the other side of an open door, God there is God's, number one, salvation. On the other side of an open door that God provides, there is God's salvation. In Luke 13 and 23, it says that someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? He replied, work hard. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to work a little harder. He says, work hard to enter the, what? The narrow door to God's kingdom for how many? For many will try to enter, but will what? That, that is a verse of scripture that I believe a lot of people miss. Work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom. God's kingdom offers the opportunity is a narrow door. It's not a wide door. It's not an easy door. There is a doorway to eternal life that is through Jesus People get this twisted. Even though, that God, even though God loves everyone, not everyone will enter the kingdom of heaven. And that is just a, a very harsh reality. Even though God loves people, he will love them all the way to the point that he, they are eternally separated from him. He loves them and he loves you and he loves me. But not everyone enters the kingdom of heaven according to the scripture. Jesus said the door is narrow. One passage says that not only is the, the, the door narrow, the path is hard, and few people find it and enter it. Jesus also said in John 10 and 9, he says, I am the door. John 14 and 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the pathway to salvation. He says, I am the door. If anyone enters, everybody say enter. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. So the door of salvation is in Christ alone. On the other side of an open door, there is also God's provision. Not only salvation, but provision. Matthew 7 and 7 says, knock, and it will be open to you. Knock. If there's something that you're pursuing God, knock by way of prayer. Knock, and the door will be open. What are you believing God to do in your life? What we have to do is we have to recognize that there is an open door in our life. We have to recognize that there might be a closed door that needs to be open. If we want God to move in our lives, God will provide. But there are actions on our parts. We have to make moves. And what that looks like is we have to recognize the open doors. And we have to respond when we see an open door by God. And what does that look like? Knocking and entering. Also on the other side of an open door... There are opportunities. 
Revelation 3 and 8 says, I know all the things you do. And I have, look at this, I have opened a door for, the, for you that no one can close. I have opened the door. Jesus will open doors in your life by way of opportunities or whatever provision. Jesus will open doors that might be closed. He, and when he opens a door, no one can close it. If you believe that, say amen. The Apostle Paul understood open doors of opportunities, and he also understood the challenges that come with open doors. Because how many of you know when God gives you an opportunity, the enemy will make sure he obstructs that opportunity? Anytime, anytime that you go and you see an opportunity and God begins to do something in your life, the enemy is always present. In Acts 14 and 27, it says this. He says, pray that God, he says, he talks about how God had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. God had opened the door. What was the Apostle Paul saying? He says, there is a door that God is calling me to walk through. There's an opportunity. In 1 Corinthians 16 and 9, he says, for a wide door for effective work has opened to me. There is an opportunity for me to do a work of God. He says this, but there are many adversaries. In other words, yes, some doors only God can open, but at every God-given opportunity, there is an enemy opposition. He says, there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity for me to work. There's an opportunity on the other side of this door, but the enemy is fighting me. You have to know that just because you have a door of opportunity in front of you does not mean that it's going to be easy. Look at your neighbor and say, this ain't easy. It's not easy. Opportunity does not mean easy. An open door does not mean easy. The enemy fights whatever God is trying to do. Still, we pursue the open doors. In Colossians 4 and 3, it says, at the same time, pray also for us that God opens to us a door for the word to declare the mysteries of God. Here's what I want you to know about doors. The principle of doors in the Bible is doors are an entrance into what God has to offer us. So what do we do? We recognize the doors in our lives that God provides. The second thing that we do is we respond. We recognize and we respond to the open doors that God has in our lives. When, you, when God provides for you a door, you knock, you pursue, you keep on knocking. Knock and the door will be open. You keep on knocking. If you believe that God is in this, you keep on knocking until you are able to enter. Now what does the door say, or what does the Bible say about windows? How many of you know that windows are not entrances? If you haven't figured that out, you're in big trouble, all right? The Bible does have something to say about windows, but, but there is something that we have to understand. Now, when we enter into a door of opportunity, we access what's on the other side of the window. But what we have to understand is that windows are not entrances. Now, now let me just get on the other side of this. First of all, windows are locked from the inside. So if you're going to have the benefit of what's inside, if you're going to be, you can actually benefit of what's outside, but the window must be unlocked in order for you to enjoy this. Now this window's a little bit small, but here's what you here's what you have to understand about windows if you don't understand. Hey, how are you guys doing in here? Now we have the benefits of protection, right? You know, when the windows close, when the windows close, you can't 
But you, you can't hear me when I'm, you can't hear me. You can't hear me when I'm talking, you know what I'm saying? Now, what happens when you try to enter in through a window? Well, you know, hey, hey, can we, how are you guys doing? We're going to go ahead and come on inside. We're going to go ahead and come on inside the, the uh, window. You know what I'm saying? But let me just put it to you this. If you try to enter uninvited through my window, I don't, you know, this is Oklahoma. Let me just put it to you this. We don't call 911. We go get the 1911. <laughs> If you don't know what that is, you. <laughs> Windows are not entrances. Here's what happens, though. What, what happens is, as we enter the entrance, which is the door, we have access to the blessing. Now, here's what happens. Once you are in the environment, you are able to open up and enjoy the blessings of what's on the outside with still the protection of being on the inside of the environment. Now, what, do, what kind of benefits do we have from an open window? Well, when we're inside, we can let in fresh air. Uh, you can also look outside. You can have all the benefits. Let me do this just because we live in Oklahoma. Here's the deal. The biblical principle is this. Just as doors are entrances into God's will, windows are blessings from entering God's will. From a biblical point of view, doors are entrances to opportunities and windows are blessings from entering the doors. Are you with me? I'm going to show you this. When you enter through a God-given door, you access the open windows of blessing. When you make, when you see an opportunity in your life, when, when God gives you an opportunity and you enter that and you take a step of faith through that door... You open up, you're able to open up the windows of the blessing in your life. Let me give you a few examples in the Bible. For example, Jesus is the door that opens the windows of eternal life. Did you get that? See what I'm trying? Jesus is the door that opens the windows of eternal life. Prayer is the door to open the windows of the Holy Spirit acting in your life. Faith is a door to open up the windows of accessing what you're believing God to do in your life. The prayer of faith, according to James, is the door to open up the windows of healing in your life. Are you hearing me? Serving is the door that opens up the windows of what it feels like and what, it, what to experience as far as making a difference in the world. Serving is the window. Connection, connect groups, fellowship, that is the door to open up the windows of relationships in your life. Our God-ordained doors allow us to access the windows of heaven. Amen? Are you seeing this? The doors are the entrances that open up the windows of blessing in our lives. Let me give you one more example. I'm going to spend some time on this. Giving, specifically tithing, is a door that opens the windows to blessing in your life. This is not just something I teach and preach. This is something that I live by. It is something that I've lived by since I've had a job, since I was 11 years old. It is one of the most powerful doors we have to access, fi access financial blessing that God gives in our lives through tithing, through giving. According to Malachi, the third chapter, listen to what God spoke to the prophet. First of all, 
let me give you a little bit of backstory. The Israelites were at a place where they were very hesitant about giving to the temple or to the church in that day. In fact, they had stopped tithing to his house. They had forgotten and lost hope about the temple and about what God was doing through the temple and through the church. The temple lacked resources and people had to be laid off and ministry was, was under-resourced. So God spoke, God intervened into the life of this prophet to speak through the prophet. And he basically said this in the ninth verse. What you are withholding from my house is mine in the first place. In other words, that tithe, which means tenth or ten percent, that ten percent is not even yours to hold on to. It is mine that I give you the opportunity to manage. And then he says this. He offers a challenge of honor. He says this in Malachi 3 and 10. He says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And thereby, look, listen to this powerful verse, put me to the test. Put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Tithing is a door that opens up the windows of blessing in heaven in our lives. Are you seeing this? This is something that if, that if, I, could, if I could step into your life, and tell you what God has done in my life. If I can tell you what, what God has done in the lives of other people, I would, I would strongly encourage you to honor God with the first fruits of your income with the tithe because it is an incredible door. It's not just, it's not because I said so, it's because God puts this most incredible verse of scripture in the Bible that says, let me show you something. In fact, let me, let me tell you that you can test me in this. This is potentially the most powerful it's your move phrase in all of the Bible. It's your move. Test me. If you don't believe that God, that this is God saying this, this is what he said. If you don't believe that I will move in your life in the way of financial blessings, test me. Try me and see if I won't do this. Very, very powerful. No other place in the Bible, under no condition, are we, inst are we instructed to test God but in the way of finances. I, I challenge you, seek it out in the Bible. See, see if there's any other place where God says, put me to the test in this. The only place in the Bible is in the area of finances, only in the area of tithing. Test me, test my method, test my word, and see what happens. Why? Why does God do this? Because this is not just about you. This is about God's kingdom. God funds kingdom work through the generous people in the church. The reason it's such a huge deal is because God is trying to save the world. But God doesn't come down here. In this, in this season, God doesn't come down here and evangelize the world. He does it through people. He does it through the church. He does it through the preaching of the word. But here's what I, I found out, that, you know, doing missions and doing ministry is it takes resources. So what God does is he resources the mission of the work, the kingdom of the work through his people. And it can be expensive. So here's the deal. Whoever takes this step, whoever passes through this door, God says that he will open up the windows of heaven. And he says this. Check this out. He says he says, I will open up the windows of heaven for you and pour out down for you a blessing until there is no more need. 
Think about that for a second. Until there is no more need. Until there is no more need in whose life? Until there is no more need in the church. If you take a look at, if you really read that, and if you take a look at what they're doing in the New Testament, what Apostle Paul, there's need everywhere, isn't there? There's, how many of you can say in the area of finance or in the area that, you don't have to raise your hand, but you can say, you know what, there's something that I need in my life. Maybe you need a, a, a bigger savings account. Maybe you need a better retirement. Maybe you need a new car. Maybe you need a new house. What if, what if providing for your needs was found in us honoring what God's church needs first? What if it was found in that? What if, what if you could actually give your way out of need? I'm, I'm not, I'm not proposing that anybody do this. I'm just saying, until there is no more need. What if, what if God wanted you and wanted to use you and your blessing and your finances to solve what was going on in El Salvador and what they're trying to do in their church? What if what they needed was a priority to God that he was going to resource you in such a way that you provided for the need that was going on there? You know, a lot of times what we think about is we think about what we need. And because we think about what we need, a lot of times we're not able to be generous. We're not able, we put the tithe at the back end of what we are giving. Is this challenging to everyone? This is challenging to me. This is, is this challenging anyone today? Yeah. A lot of times we think about, well, I need to do this, or I need to get out of debt, or I need to pay this bill. And I'm, I'm certainly not trying to dive into anybody's finances. I just want you to get this principle that what if the need that we had in our lives was tied to stepping up to the needs that God might have through his house and through his work. The Apostle Paul said to the church in Corinth that God provides resources to those who give and he enriches our lives that we can always be generous in every way. The Apostle Paul said that in the book of 1 Corinthians. He says that when we are gener generous, not only does God provide for us to be generous, but we are enriched in every way so we can always be generous. So if you, if you are wanting to be generous, start by giving. If you're wanting to be resourced, start tithing. I want to challenge you. If you don't tithe, can I, can I just say this? And it's, you know, I pastor the church, and this is, this is kind of challenging for me to say. But if you're here and you're a part of Faith Coach Church, and this is a blessing, and you call this your church, I want to challenge you. If you don't tithe, I want to challenge you to tithe today. And you don't hear me say that a lot. You don't, you don't hear me say that. We, we say what we say every single Sunday. We say, hey, you know, give as God. Please don't feel obligated if you're here. We, we say this. But if you are a part of Faith Code Church, and you call this your home church, and you serve, I want to challenge you to, to take a step. Look at your neighbor and take, take a step. Not, not, because, not because, you know, we want the church finances to give up, okay? Whether or not you tithe, God takes care of the church, all right? It's not because of that. God provides for his church, and, and, and we are a blessed church. It's not because of that. I'm talking to you about the principle of what God is saying. God says, hey, if you resource what, I, what I'm doing, if you resource my kingdom, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to resource your life, and I'm going to pour out a blessing on your life that you can't contain. I want you to experience that kind of blessing. I want you to experience that principle. So I want to challenge you. And if it doesn't work out, stop doing it. Okay, because that's the test that God offers. 
If, if you tithe for, for 90 days or how, if you, and it doesn't work out and you're not seeing blessing and you're not seeing prosperity and God's not working things out and your finances, I'm, let me tell you something. And I, this is not from the Bible, but I, I'm telling you, stop. Because Jesus said here, he said, test me, try me, see if it works. So I want to challenge you. And I know that we don't, we don't talk a lot about finances, but I want to challenge you. If this is not a part of your life, tithing and giving, I want to ask you, first of all, why is it not a part of your life? Why are you not honoring God with the first fruits of your income? If God has given you the blessing of finances, if God has given you, why are you not doing that? I'm not, I'm, I, I don't know everybody that tithe. I don't, I don't see all of the reports. I see year-end stuff. I don't know everything, okay? But if, if, and if, if, that's not, if that's something that you're not comfortable with, it's okay. I don't care anything about that. I just want to ask you some questions because I want to challenge you to take steps in order for God to move in your life. So ask yourself, why am I, if, if, if that's something that you want to head in that direction, I want to challenge you to begin to let God move in your life, to take a step. When God offers you a challenge, something like this, you can't just brush over that in the Bible. You've really got to take a step. It's your move. Here's what I found out in my life. That the 90% that I keep with his blessing is better than the 100% without it. Did you hear that? The 90% that I keep is better than the 100%. With his blessing, it's better than the 100% without it. So when it comes to the door of financial blessing, it's your move. Look at your neighbor and say, it's your move. I want to close with this. We have the benefit of windows in heaven as we enter through doors. A lot of times we try to have the benefit of windows of blessing without entering the doors. Well, I want to tell you something. There are doors of opportunity in our lives that God will place. And as we enter those doors, we are able to experience the windows of blessing. So what I want to leave you with, and I want to ask you this, is what are the doors that you are facing in your life? Revelation 3 and 8 says, I know the things that you do. I know the things that you do. And I have opened a door for you that no one can close. You have a little strength. Yet, you obeyed my word and did not deny me. What are the doors that you're facing? Is it a door of healing? Is it a, is it, is it, is it a door of healing that, that if you're able to unlock this door, if you're able to walk through this door, is, is, is it a, a, a door that you're facing that you have to make some decisions about the future of your life? What are the doors that you're facing? I want to tell you this. God's always got a door. We may not recognize it. We may not respond, but God's always got a door. Because where you are today, God has a different season and a different place for you in your future. So we need to ask ourselves, what is the door that I'm facing? And then i got to have faith to walk through it. Because on the other side of that door is a window of blessing that God is going to move in your life. Whatever that looks like. Is it in the area of, of relationship? Is it in the area of marriage or family? Is it in the area of finances? Is it in the, in the area of opportunity? What are the doors that you feel like you're facing? Well, I want to say, tell you this and leave you with this. 
that on the other side of that door is a window of blessing. But it's up to you to take the move to walk through the door. Amen? So, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for speaking to us today. We thank you, Lord, for ministering to us today. And I pray, Lord, that, that you will speak to every person about whatever the door looks like, whatever the door may be. Help us to recognize the doors in our lives and respond accordingly. In the name of Jesus. As your heads are bowed, I want to speak to you. If you're here and you already know Jesus or if you're watching us online, if God is dealing with your heart right now about a door that you're facing, I don't know what that looks like. Maybe there's something that you're facing. Maybe it's a a major decision in your life. I talked last week a little bit about how to know when to make that decision. Is it the wise thing to do and does it honor God? If the, the answer is yes, then there's a really good chance that that is a door that God is placing you or placing in your life that you need to step through. So what are those, those doors in your life? I want to challenge you to take a step of faith, to respond, and move forward into this new place with God. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person that's here. Your word says that you place doors in front of us that nobody can close, doors of opportunity. We've got to make a decision to respond. I pray for every person here as we take a look at where our lives are headed, as we do inventory in our lives. Lord, what does that look like for us? I pray that whatever that looks like, we respond with faith. I know, Lord, that there are new opportunities. There are new decisions in all of our lives. And wherever we are today, Lord, I know that you want to take us to another level with you. So help us to have the faith and the wisdom to go forward. And as we do, Lord, I pray that you will open up the windows of blessing in our lives. In the name of Jesus. If you believe that, say amen. If you continue to bow your heads, I want to talk to you if you don't know Jesus. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, he's not Lord and Savior of your life. For whatever reason, maybe you can say, Travis, I... I have never given my life to Christ, but I really feel like that he is speaking to me today. Maybe you're watching this online, and for some reason you turn this on, and you're catching me talking. Maybe God's dealing with you right now. I can tell you if, if you're feeling the Lord tug at your heart about something that's going on, I can tell you that that's the Holy Spirit drawing you. So I want to challenge you to make a decision today to follow Christ. If you're here in the house, we're not going to embarrass you. You're not going to ask, we're not going to ask you to come forward. We're not going to single you out and make you stand. We just want you to pray with us. And we'll all pray together. I'd like to know if I'm praying for somebody today. So before we pray, if you're here and you can say, Travis, if you'll pray, I'm going to pray with you and I'm going to make things right with God. Just put your hand up and put it down quickly so I know I'm praying for somebody. Can anybody say that? That's me, Travis. I'm going to give my life to Christ today. I'm going to rededicate my life to Christ, whatever that looks like for you. Can anybody say that? If you're watching this online, 
You feel like God's dealing with you? Just pray with us right now. Let's all pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, as I'm before you today, I give you my life. And Jesus, I ask you to be Lord and Savior of my life. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins. And I confess that you are Lord and you are my Savior. I believe in you, that you died for me and rose from the dead. And from this moment forward, my life is committed to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Come on, guys, let's celebrate. Amen. What an awesome message and powerful message. If you guys will go ahead and stand to your feet, stretch your legs a little bit. I just have a few announcements for you today. First and foremost, if you gave your life to Christ, I want you to know that that is the best decision that you will ever make. And we are so excited for you here at Faith Co. If you'll do me a favor and text SAVED to the number on the screen behind me. We want to make sure that you get connected with the Dream Team leader to talk about your next steps. We also have an awesome prayer group who will be over here on this side of the auditorium ready to pray with you about anything that you may need or any questions you may, be, you may have about your next step. I have a few announcements for you guys. Faith Coast Students is starting back up this Wednesday at 6.23 p.m. Our youth pastor is currently at an army training, so we're praying for him. But we have an awesome Faith Co. Um, students dream team who's going to make sure that we still have an excellent service for all of your kids. Next, guys, please remember that we have a prayer group that meets on the second and fourth Wednesdays um, at 5 p.m. Um, prayer is the foundation of our church, and we want as many members of our church to be a part of that as possible. And lastly, guys, if you can sing, if you're a musician or a singer, we are always looking to add to the Faith Code Dream Team worship team. So please be sure um, to contact us. You can meet me at Faithco, the Faithco info booth or reach us at our email. All right, guys. Well, that's all I have for you. I just want to text a quick, I just want to text, excuse me. I just want to say a quick blessing over you before you leave. So may the Lord bless you and protect you. May he smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys. Have a great week.